Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map, and that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find somewhere to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Welcome back to another episode of Sandy Creek Stirrings. Glad to have you join me today. Of course, I am your host, Joshua Jimenez. And welcome back to a podcast where our goal is to stir up Christians to do something great for the cause of Christ. We try to steep everything in a heavy dose of biblical, factual, and logical truth that you can expect when you listen to the podcast. You can expect practical content, personable listening, and compelling topics that lead to applicable living. And we really want for you, when you click on Sandy Creek Stirrings, to be able to count on every episode to give you something that will help you and aid you in your Christian life. Whether it be the way you approach things, whether it be the things you believe, whether it be an area you need to grow in, or whether it be an area that you need to rethink. And so that's what Sandy Creek Stirrings is all about. By the way, you can find out more about Sandy Creek Stirrings by going to our website. Go to sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, that's sandycreekstirrings.com. Dot com. Click the About button to find out more about Sandy Creek Stirrings, what this podcast is based around, how it is going to help you, and also where the name comes from, and a little bit about myself. By the way, if you don't know who I am, if you're unfamiliar with me and you're like, who is this weirdo? Who is this guy uh, here on a on a podcast that's recorded? Uh, this is episode number 249, so almost 250 episodes. Who is this guy? Uh, you can go on our podcast and get the short version version by reading on the website, sandycreekstirrings.com, and simply go to the About, and there you can read um, a little bit about me if you want to be more familiar with that. But if you are the really nosy type and you want to know even more than that, then you can go back all the way to episode number 88. We began a series entitled, My Story Won't Wow You, and we talked about two births in that episode. Again, that was episode number 88, and you can learn more about me and uh, what the the host of this podcast believes, how I grew up, things of that sort. You can go back and start that series. Again, that was episode number 88. Now, I'm excited for today. This is an episode that I have briefly mentioned. If you've been wondering, uh, over the past two to three episodes I've mentioned a podcast episode that I'm looking forward to. It's kind of going to be an update. Well, that is today's episode. And I'm not really giving anything away. You already saw the title. It's an update episode to one that we did a couple years ago entitled, Should an Independent Baptist Watch the Chosen? Now, before I give a little bit more info on that, let me encourage you, if you enjoy Sandy Creek Stirrings, why don't you go on Apple Podcast, if you listen on an Apple Podcast, and leave us a review, or go to Facebook and leave us a review on Facebook. And all that does is it allows more people to be able to find this podcast that hopefully you enjoy on a regular basis. If you have any questions, maybe a question about today's episode, maybe you don't like today's episode, you can email me. My email is Joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Again, that's Joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Now let's get back to today's content. I wanted to provide an update to my opinion for an episode we'd recorded entitled, Should an Independent Baptist Watch 
The Chosen. We released that episode. It was episode number 116, and we released that episode back in June of 2021, almost two years ago. And so you can go back and listen to that episode to get my thoughts and opinions on the show known as The Chosen. I'm not going to dive into all of what we talked about in that episode, but I am going to summarize a little bit of what my opinion was, what kind of that episode kind of covered. I do want to summarize that today to give some context for some things that I want to talk about today. Um, You say, how does this apply to me? Well, it, it may not apply to you. You may not have any clue what The Chosen is. You may not have any idea. Just to give a little background, The Chosen is the first multi-season TV show following the life of Christ. And so season one was actually the largest crowdfunded TV series or film project period of all time. By crowdfunded, I mean that the masses or the audience, they paid for the production of the show through donations. And so the series, the, its creator, its director, is a guy by the name of Dallas Jenkins. He's the son of longtime Christian author Jerry B. Jenkins. Of course, Jerry B. Jenkins is probably best known for being the co-author of the Left Behind series, has written many other books. That's kind of a, a little synopsis of the show, not a, not a whole lot there. I think if I'm correct, they are either... They're nearing the end, I think, of season three. I'm not completely sure. But it's a it's a big-time show. I mean, this is an extremely popular show within Christianity. And so if you've never heard about The Chosen, this may not necessarily apply to you. Maybe you're thinking about watching it. This may apply to you. Um, but you say, why take the time to talk about this on a podcast? Because this does not seem like something you would discuss. You're not really a a current event guy, and I'm really not. I'm not really here on the podcast to deal with current events or, hey, there was this that happened over there or, or this, but this is something that is really impacting Christianity as a whole. And whether pastors are willing to admit it or not, I guarantee you, maybe almost every church, unless a pastor has told somebody not to watch it, but I guarantee you almost every church probably has a member in it who is watching or has watched or has come into contact with The Chosen. And so it's not just about being a current event. This is a current event that is touching our churches across America. And so I first talked about it back in episode number 116, and I want to talk about it again today. Now, in that last episode, I discussed my thoughts from season two, episode number five, and backward. Um, up to that point, when I recorded that episode, I had it not watched anything from season two, episode number five, and beyond. I hadn't watched anything beyond that. I just watched everything from season one and season two up to episode number five. And again, normally I would not take time to discuss a TV show or something super current eventy, currenty uh, eventy, and uh, I wouldn't normally discuss something like that. But I, I want to today because I believe, and you're going to kind of see where I'm going with this here in a little bit, I believe that it's something that's become bigger than just a, a, a TV show. And I want to talk to that point here in just a minute. But in that last episode, again, you can go back and listen to it if you want the whole story. But in episode number 116, I concluded a few things. I concluded some positives. Uh, number one, I believe the show does a good job of production. It's a, it's a high-quality film job. That Christian film, Christian movies in the past, in the past 10, 15 years, they've gotten much, 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 much better. But beyond that, they had a terrible name for just being terrible quality. I'm just being frank. Uh, Christian films, Christian movies just weren't good quality movies, weren't good quality shows. And I think that's approved across the spectrum of film. But this show especially, it does a really good job of just being a high-quality film job. So that's a positive. Uh, Number two, uh, the producer, Dallas Jenkins, has stated that his goal was to make Jesus a more, I I hate to say it like this, but this is basically what he says, is his job was to make Jesus a more, in the stories of the gospel rather, more personable, uh, something that you can kind of connect with. Um, And I believe in general, in general, I believe the show does do that. I believe that it presents Jesus in a way that, honestly, even for myself, I had not necessarily thought about. Up until that point, up until I watched The Chosen, I had never thought about Jesus telling a joke, right? A good humor joke. You know, There's nothing wrong with telling a joke. There's nothing wrong with laughing. There's nothing wrong with you know kidding around with your friends. There's nothing wrong with that. 
And Jesus was a people person. I guarantee you, though, that he wasn't on the mount. Blessed are them that mourn, for they shall for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they. He wasn't like that. He was a personable person. He was, and um, he was someone that connected well with people. And that show really kind of revealed that in my mind, not necessarily revealed is the right word, but brought that to the forefront in my mind, something that I had missed, that Jesus was 100% God, but still 100% man. And so I personally feel like after seeing a good portion of the show so far, I, I believe they did a good job in accomplishing that goal. Number three, in the positives, I said I felt like they were right to tell people to go back and read the Gospels for themselves. And that's something that I can still credit. I can still applaud the producer uh, for telling people. And they tell people all the time, go back and read the Bible for yourself. And that kind of connects with number four. I also feel that it was right and honest for the producers of the show to label their show as historical fiction. To tell you that not everything in the show is found in the Bible. Uh, there's been some color added. It's a it's a class, it's a genre called historical fiction, right? You've got works of fiction, which are completely not true. You have works of nonfiction, which are true stories. You have works of historical fiction. They're not necessarily true completely, but they're based in history. They have a lot of things in them that are true, a lot that aren't. And it's the same way with the show. I feel that they did right by calling it historical fiction. If they didn't tell people that, I would have a big, big issue. So I think they did the right thing by just saying, hey, we're adding some color in, we're, we're putting some things in there, um, and, and taking some liberties, and it's a, it's a historical fiction TV show. I think it was right for them to call that. Now, those are some of the positives. Let's talk about some of the negatives I had in episode number 116. Negatives. Jesus didn't have long hair, historically or biblically. I'll say that again. Jesus did not have long hair, historically or physically, right? Or wait, wait, historically or biblically? Uh, physically, he didn't either, right? He did not have long hair. And so I'm not going to dive in today for why that's true, but if you go back and study history, history by itself would tell you Jesus didn't have long hair. You go back and study the Bible, the Bible itself would tell you Jesus didn't have long hair. For more information on that, go back and listen to episode number 106. We talked about all about Jesus answering common questions about Christ. That was episode number 106. Again, episode 106, all about Jesus answering common questions about Christ. We go into great depth and detail there in describing and showing why Jesus would not have had long hair. In the show, he's portrayed to have long hair. That's just not true. Number two, the clothing featured in that show is inaccurate historically for that culture in that area of the world. Uh, just the way they had the disciples and Jesus dressed, that's just not the way they would have dressed. We covered that again, episode number 106. The music, number three, the music is at times straight up worldly, other times weird. If it's weird, it's my personal preference, but for me, that's a, that's a negative. Sometimes I just don't like the music, and sometimes it's just straight up worldly, something that I would encourage Christians to mute or not listen to. Number four, in the wedding of Cana, and I could go into a few different things about stories, but this is one of the ones that stood out to me the most. Number four, in the wedding of Cana, they portray the wine to be alcohol, not the unfermented grape juice that it would have been. That's an issue. That's a negative. Then I gave, after I gave some positives, I gave some negatives, then I gave a couple warnings. Number one, I said you must be careful to not take everything as gospel. The producers themselves will tell you this, okay? There are people out here who slam the show and slam the chosen and blah, 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 and they're leading you down the wrong path. They tell you. They tell you straight up, don't believe everything you watch. Go back and verify it from Scripture. I appreciate them telling people that. Does it solve the people of not doing that? No. People are still going to take some things and be like, right, this is part of the Bible, you know, this happened. And you're like, no, it did not. You cannot point to that in Scripture. But the producers are right to tell you, go back to the Gospels. And so that was my warning. Hey, you have to be careful. Don't take everything as gospel. Then number two, I, I believe that if you were going to watch this show, you needed to allow the show to challenge you to get into your Bible. And that's something, when I watched it, was something that it did for me. It challenged me to go back and read my Bible more and grow a deeper connection, grow a, a deeper relationship, a deeper knowledge, I guess is the term I'm looking for, of the Gospels. 
Then I finished the show with along these lines. I said the question is with the negatives, should a Christian, or more specifically, should an independent Baptist watch The Chosen? And I said this, I said, I can't tell you. That's an answer you'll have to make for yourself and for your family. Your decision may be different than mine. And I said this, well, in an area where the Bible isn't explicitly clear, I appreciate the name Independent Baptist. Why? Because you make the decision you feel best for you, and I'll make the decision that I feel wisest and biblical for me. I said this, quote, I feel like The Chosen fits within my standards for our TV. Up to this point, it has no profanity, no nudity, and is safe for family viewing. It's just like almost any other show I watch, including Andy Griffith, and I gave some things about Andy Griffith. There are some things that I disagree with, but I appreciate the overall value of the show, end quote. And that's kind of where we ended the episode. But my views have changed a little bit. I'm allowed to do that, right? And I'm allowed to change my views on especially something that's not Scripture. If this was a doctrinal point, folks, you would have heard it right the first time and there would be no change. But my views have, have changed a little bit. I have a few issues, and I'm just going to be open and honest about this and kind of share my heart with you today. So hopefully you're ready for me to have a conversation with you because I'm not necessarily teaching. I'm not necessarily going to give you something that you're going to, you know, this is great, wonderful knowledge, you know, I'm going to write this down in my Bible. No, it's not that today, but I want to just talk to you. I have a few issues that have caused my wife and I to quit watching The, Sh- the Chosen after the, I think, the second-to-last, the close of season two, the second-to-last episode, I think, is when we stopped watching And again, normally I would not put out an episode like this, but since I put out the last one two years ago, I felt the need to, if my answer changed, I felt the need to update my answer on something that's current events type or something that's a personal conviction. Each guy has to make a decision for themselves uh, based on what they feel is the wisest on that type of subject. That's where I'm going to go back and I can adjust my answer. Let me give you some reasons why. I am changing my viewpoint, my opinion on The Chosen. Let me give you some reasons why. Number one, Jesus didn't have long hair. Right? Go back go back and listen to episode number 106 for more detailed scripture and history on the subject. Jesus dis- He just didn't have long hair. In fact, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians, uh, I think if I'm quoting it correctly, 1 Corinthians 7, 1, or is that the one about not touching a woman? It's somewhere in 1 Corinthians, I would look it up, but we're having a conversation today. So if we're having a conversation, let's just have it honest. I don't always remember the Bible references. I think it's 1 Corinthians 7, maybe it's 7.10. But it says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. If the Bible says that, then Jesus would have been shamed by having long hair. That would have created an issue doctrinally with him. Jesus did, he just didn't have long hair. Go back, listen to episode number 106 if you want more on that. Number two, here's another reason. The clothing is not accurate and is, in fact, immodest within the show. It's immodest. Jesus would have, ne- Jesus would have required—hang on, let me rephrase this. Jesus would have never required modesty of his followers, but not have followed it himself. Let me say that again for, for clarity. Jesus would have never required modesty of his followers, but not followed it himself. And you look at the show, the— I mean, they're not even robes. They're, they're like oversized T-shirts with the sleeves cut off. They're immodest. The Bible makes it clear. Let me just go into this a little bit because we haven't recorded an episode on this. But the Bible makes it clear that to show the thigh is to reveal the nakedness. Isaiah chapter 47, verses 2 through 3 talk about that, and there's many other passages we could point to. But God says, hey, if you reveal your thigh... You are revealing your nakedness. Put it this way. God says, if we can see your thigh, your bare thigh, if we can see it, you're naked. You can argue with me if you want to, but Isaiah 47, very clear on that. You show your thigh, you're naked. That's what God considers you. And so, again, I don't have time to deep dive into modesty today. We will do an episode on that. If you'd like to hear an episode on that, maybe an episode with my wife as a guest, um, we can dive into that. Email me, Joshua at Sandy Creek Stirring. Say, hey, I would like to hear an episode on modesty, and we can put something out like that in the near future. But 
historically, let's go back to history. Historically, they wouldn't have worn these, again, these oversized T-shirts with the sleeves cut off. I, here's what, just a simple proof. Go on Google. Right now, go to Google. Are you there? Go to Google, type in typical Middle Eastern clothing for men. Typical Middle Eastern clothing for men. And then click images. Notice what you see. Did men, do men in the Middle East wear robes? Yeah, they do wear robes. I mean, if you're looking at the images right now, you're seeing guys a lot of white, right? A lot of white, a lot of tan, um, not a whole lot of fancy colors, just plain earthy colors, um, some light tan, brown, those colors, a lot of white. Um, so you're seeing guys wearing robes, but notice they're much longer than the ones they show in the show, much longer. And also notice those men, what are they wearing underneath their robe? They're wearing pants. You'll, you'll find in scripture they were called breeches, or where we get our term, breeches, right? They're wearing pants underneath them. If you go in Scripture, look up, go ahead and type in, look up, gird up your loins, and notice what it says, gird up your loins like a man. It's in reference to something that men did that woman, that women could not do. All right? Men, when they were working or they were running, they were working in the fields, whatever they needed to do, and they needed to move about quickly, right? And that long robe would get in their way. What they would do is they would gird up their loins, which means that bottom half of their robe, they would take and they would tuck it into their belt. Now, hang on just a second. Think about this. God says, hey, gird up your loins. You take, <laughs> I'm trying to be like PG here, but let's just be frank. You take your, your loins, the bottom half of your robe, and you need to be able to move your legs freely, gird up your loins like a man. So a man's doing whatever he's doing. Maybe he's about to run a message to a king or whatever, and he girds up his loins. He takes that bottom half of his robe and tucks it into his belt. Y'all, everything is exposed. Like he's naked if he's not wearing britches underneath. But that's the thing. Back historically and within culture, these guys wore breeches under their robes, so when they girded up their loins, they were still covered, they were still modest. Let's be frank. If you've seen The Chosen, and they were to gird up their loins like they would have done in history, there would be nudity on the show. But you look back in Scripture, they could gird up their loins like a man. And the reason, let's just be frank, and I'm just going to go back historically, why could the men, why did you gird up your loins like a man, not gird up your loins like a woman? The reason is back in that time of history, ladies did not wear pants. That's just the simple answer. You go back and study it out for yourself. They just didn't. And so here's the deal. The show is inaccurate within the clothing. It's, in fact, going a step further, it's immodest. Number three, if we can go to this, the wedding of Cana portrayed the wine to be alcohol, not unfermented grape juice. And for more info on that subject, go back and listen to episode number 38, Alcohol and the Christian. As you can tell, we've covered a ton of topics here on the podcast, I've begun to realize. But episode number 38, Alcohol and the Christian, covers that in depth, why it would not have been fermented alcohol that Jesus would have made. It would have been grape juice. Now, you listened, and you just said, wait, 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 wait a second. Josh, you concluded that you could personally you concluded in episode number 116 that you could still watch The Chosen, and you already identified these as negatives. So why now are these the issues for you to stop watching? That makes no sense. And that's what I want to discuss for a moment. Let me be honest and frank with you. When I watched The Chosen, I watched it as many other Christians have watched it, and many Christians continue to watch it. For me and my wife, we watched it as nothing more than a TV show. Let me say that again. We watched it as nothing more than a TV show because that's what it is. It's a TV show. That's why Christians, Mormons, 
Catholics, Jehovah Witnesses, Muslims, even Jews, even, go back and look at it, even some atheists are watching the show. I mean, people from all walks of life are watching the show and are continuing to watch it. Why? Because it's a TV show. You say, how can that be? How can that be, you say? I mean, this is the life of Christ. How can it be viewed as just a TV show? Because whether you're a Christian or not, everyone, everyone has to admit that Jesus was the most pivotal person in history. And maybe maybe you're listening today for whatever reason. Maybe you found the podcast and you're like, I'm not a Christian. I don't think he was the most pivotal person in history. Okay, you may not say for you— I would disagree with you, and I'll give you some reasons why. Um, but you say, I don't think he was the most pivotal person. Well, he definitely, no matter what view you are, he's definitely top 10. Definitely top 5. Definitely top 3. I believe he was the most pivotal person in history because nations changed, nations ended, nations started because of Jesus. His followers have spread to every corner of the earth. More books have been written about him than any other subject in the world. Tons of religions have started with him that purportedly for the purpose of um, or the purpose of being the enemy of Christ. Like you have religions start that are because of Jesus. They claim Jesus as the reason for them starting. And then you have re- religions that start with him as the enemy. So there's two sides of the table there. He is the most personal or the most pivotal person in history, and that's disregarding the fact of whether you believe he was actually God or not, or whether you believe he rose from the dead, or whether you believe he actually did the miracles. Besides all that, he's still the most pivotal character in history. And so for many people watching who are Jehovah Witnesses, Muslims, Mormons, atheists, Christians, Baptists, whatever it may be, for many watching, it's nothing more than a historical fiction TV show covering the life in a fictional way of the most important person in history. And really, for many, I would say probably most people, eh, maybe I wouldn't say most, I'd say for many people, it's that simple. It's a fictional TV show about the most pivotal person in history. And there are some of you who are snarling and snapping and having a foul attitude now, and you're like grumpy, and you're like, I don't like that. I disagree with you. And there are going to be some people who say that's a wrong view of the chosen. Like it or not, that's just the reality. For many people, it's just a TV show. And for my wife and I, when we watched it, it was nothing more. When we watched the first two seasons, it was nothing more than a TV show. We, we never took it as Bible. We never took it as truth. We didn't take it as this is the truth about the Gospels. It was just a show that, in fact, debate this all you want. For myself, in fact, the show did challenge me to go back and read the story of Christ again and again to verify what was truth and what was not. For me, it was really like watching a debate because I watched to find all the things that I could poke holes in. And a plus was that I could actually enjoy the quality of the show. But for us, that's all it was. And here's the reason my mindset has changed. Because for me, the mindset, or when I view the show, it has changed from just being a TV show to being a movement. Let me say that again. For me, when I look at The Chosen, I believe it has changed from just being a TV show to being a movement. It's not just a TV show anymore where you just watch the episodes and, oh, that was a good episode. It's a movement that's trying to teach you something. Think about this for a second. Shows of all kinds. Name any show. Well, let's use Andy Griffith for an example right now. Andy Griffith's show, clean old show, right back in the day. Most people, especially if you're... 25 or above, maybe even older than that, 30 or above, you've at least heard of the Andy Griffith Show, most likely you've watched it, right? Shows of all kinds, like the Andy Griffith Shows, they have board games, they have hoodies, they have ball caps, they have catchy little phrases on bumper stickers. There's only one show, though, that I know of, currently, that I know of, that has their own line of devotionals, their own line of Bible study guides for each season, their own version of the four Gospels in easy-to-read chronological format. 
their own line of comic books, their own line of children books, their own line of season novels, their pre-show and after-show episodes discussing the Bible, the Gospels, the life of Christ, and more about Christianity and teaching. They're the only show I know of to have a Bible roundtable discussion episodes with Catholics, Jews, and quote-unquote Christians, and even more. I mean, just check their website of all their stuff they sell, and I'm not encouraging you to go buy Chosen stuff, but I'm just saying for reference sake, they have all this. That's the only show I know of currently who is putting a big market on things that are teaching you something. And here, I'll top this off. They are the only TV show that I know of currently that has churches canceling their Wednesday night Bible study So the small groups they have, or whatever, can watch The Chosen as a group and then open up the meeting for discussion and a review of their Bible study. I don't know any church that is like a church, and the churches who would cancel their Wednesday night for this anyway, I wouldn't call them a church anyway. I don't know of any other show that has people canceling their Wednesday night study their study because, oh, we're going to watch Andy Griffith together as a group, or, oh, we're going to watch Star Trek as a group, or, oh, we're going to watch Gunsmoke as a group, or, oh, we're going to watch Bonanza as a group, or Dragnet as a group, or I don't know any of the modern shows. So if you're waiting for something modern, I have no clue. Um, I only watch old stuff and um, little little nuggets of shows. And um, But I don't, I don't know of any other show like that where churches, like actual churches, cancel their Wednesday night study. I can tell you many, 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 many that cancel their Wednesday night study to watch The Chosen. And oh, they do it together. And oh, they discuss the episode. But this, in my opinion, has changed The Chosen from being, quote-unquote, just a TV show into a movement. I say this almost facetiously and not, like, really for you to do it. But if you're seriously curious... Go back and listen to the interviews and, and videos of the producer himself, like Dallas Jenkins, where he alludes to the fact that this show is something like a movement. It's drawing, he talks about it's drawing Christianity together, it's teaching, it's uniting. And when a show does that, well, it's really gone beyond just a TV show, it's now a movement, especially when it deals with biblical things or the Savior. And when The Chosen, in my mind, became more than just a TV show, well, then it had to be judged on a different level. When looking at a movement, for example, we covered the contemporary Christian movement in our music series. That was episodes number 44, 47, and 50, especially episode number 50. We covered a movement and how we judge that movement. And so when we look at a movement, here's what we have to ask ourselves. What is this movement teaching? What is this movement producing? And when I look at The Chosen and what it's teaching people about Jesus, his hair, his modesty, which really some people are going to say this is no big deal. Wait a second. It becomes his hypocrisy within the show in regards to what the Bible teaches on the subject. The issues of his hair, his modesty, some of the things that he does within the show, and I'm not going to deep dive into this. This is not nitpicking and trying to go through every single point. But it becomes his hypocrisy because he's contradicting his own word, which is hypocrisy. It's hypocritical. When I look at what the show teaches about alcohol, or what the show teaches about history and biblical history, what the show begins to teach about biblical doctrine. As a movement, I can't agree with any of those, right? Now, a TV show, different category, but when we talk about a, a movement that's teaching people, that's uniting people, that's giving people something to think about, I can't just sit by anymore. I can't agree with any of those. Those all, in fact, lead me to something contrary to the Word of God, and that creates a really big issue for me. Now, I have a couple other issues that caused me to quit watching that I I, want to discuss for a second that I want to kind of add on top for just a minute. Number one, the one big issue for me is 
and I, I almost hate attacking people, kind of. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that was like a teenage boy laugh. And uh, I still got a teenager in me. And the number, but number one, here's something that's an issue for me. It's Jonathan Rumi. And you say, who is that? That's, that's the guy, I almost hate to call him Jesus. I mean, Jesus is a real name, y'all. It's still a name in, in existence today. But um, Jonathan Rumi is the guy who plays, quote unquote, Jesus. And before the show, when this show first started, he was relatively a nobody. I mean, nobody knew who Jonathan Ruby was. He was not a big shot. But now, after The Chosen, after I think they've completed the third season, I'm not even sure. I haven't kept up with it. But now that he's a completed the show, he has become a big a big shot. He has become a a, a a he's been given a bigger stage to be able to promote his darling. You say his darling. Who's he married to? No, 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 no. His darling is the person he talks about the most, or what he talks about the most. And what is it? Roman Catholicism. You listen to any interviews, lengthy interviews with Jonathan Rumi. He's going to bring up Roman Catholicism. And as people fall in love with Rumi, as you fall in love with a character, right? You watch Andy Griffith long enough, you fall in love with, I hate to use the term fall in love because that sounds weird, Um, but you really begin to like, you begin to research out, you begin to have a connection with characters who you don't even know, right? There's a connection with Barney Fife. There's a connection with Andy Griffith or Andy Taylor. You just have a connection there. It's like you, you know what dinner would be like if you sat down with them. And people have the same connection and build as they watch a show, they watch a character, they grow a, almost a, I hate to use the term friendship because it's not, but it's like this relationship with a character on screen. And as people begin to fall in love with Rumi, at that point, they're going to begin to meet his religion face to face. And I don't want that for people. Because Roman Catholicism is a big deal. It is I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just being truthful. It's taking people to hell. You say, I I can't believe that. I'm a Catholic. I'm listening to you today, and you're just bashing my religion. I don't mean to bash you, but go back and listen to episode number 127. Five things wrong with Catholicism, and it's not my opinion. It's Scripture. I'll take the Bible. Go back. If you're Catholic listening to this episode, you somehow stumbled upon it, and you're Catholic, and you're like, I can't believe he's saying that. Go back and listen to me. Go back and get a Bible and check and see if what I'm saying is true. Just check. If, if it's not, you can email me. You can bash me. You can hate me. You can do whatever you want. But don't do that until you take a Bible and actually listen to that episode and find out what's wrong with Catholicism, and it's not my personal opinion. Moving beyond that, though, Rumi, Jonathan Rumi, went on to play in the hit film, which just broke records in, in the theaters, Um, He played in the hit film, The Jesus Revolution. And in that film, Jonathan Ruby plays a man by the name of Lonnie Frisbee, the homosexual hippie who was supposedly saved during an acid LSD trip, who even during his preaching, quote-unquote, evangelistic, quote-unquote, career, ministry, whatever, continued his homosexuality, helped to start the contemporary Christian movement, helped to start the Vineyard movement, and much, much more. I mean, go back and listen to episode number 50, where we cover the life of Lonnie Frisbee. In depth, we go over that. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. The problem is they never talk about any of those things in the film. They never talk about how he was a homosexual. They never talk about any things. They make this hippie lifestyle look great. I've got some serious issues with that, I've got some serious issues with the producers of the film not being honest. And if you can tell I'm a little ticked off in my voice because I am, I, I, they are not honest with what was going on during that time period and who Lonnie Frisbee was. And so, yeah, I get a little uh, frustrated with that. Um, but, yeah, that's a big deal for me. When I look at The Chosen and I look at Jonathan Rumi and who he's become and what he promotes as a person now, there's a big deal with that. Number two on some issues that have caused me to quit watching, um, during the Christmas special, which was at the end of episode, episode, at the end of season number two, they have a Christmas special. Let me Let me give you something. Think about this for a second. Baby Jesus was played by a baby girl. And to me, 
that's blasphemous. Like, for me, and when you go back and everything I've talked about today, you say, Brother Josh, what actually shut the door for you? What what was it that, boom, um, caused you to go back and rethink about this and relook at this? This is what did it for me. For me, as soon as they made that known that baby Jesus was played by a baby girl, and some of you may not have an issue with this. To me, I, I, I view it as an issue that's blasphemous. So I really do. Then again, I guess there's many other things who, now that I look at I would say, that's all blasphemous. But um, this is what shut the door for me. And this is what causes me to really take an in-depth look at this. Look, you're telling me that out of the millions and millions and millions of people who have given to The Chosen, who have helped to make it a reality, you're telling me out of the millions of fans it have, it has, that there wasn't one single family who had a baby boy you could get to play Baby Jesus. No, they. it wasn't an accident. It wasn't like, oh, this is a last-minute decision. No. They chose to use a baby girl. And I could go on. I won't. I just won't. You know, some people at this point, if you're listening and you hate The Chosen and you're just listening to see what I'll say, you would want me to jump all over Dallas Jenkins' case for what he said about Mormonism and saying he had said in an interview that they believe the same Jesus as we do. And people would want me to jump on that. The problem is is that people who want to slam that down his throat, they will also won't give him a chance to explain like he has in several other interviews. They just shut the door, and truth be told, they're taking him out of— um, he, he slipped up in what he was trying to say, and he's gone back and he's clarified that in several other interviews. Look, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, I could disagree with Dallas Jenkins on, um, but what he was referring to in that interview was saying that he was talking about he has some quote-unquote friends, and I, you know, that's a, another topic. I mean, as I said, there's a whole bunch of things I could disagree with him about theologically. But um, what he was saying in that interview was that he knows some Mormons who really aren't Mormons at all, who believe in Jesus, who is God in the flesh, etc., etc. If that's the case, they're really not Mormons. They're something else. Um, because Mormon, when you grab a title, you're saying that you adhere to those beliefs. And so really, they're just not Mormons. So theological issue, thought process issue, but that's not necessarily what he was saying. So for those who have made bashing the chosen or going after the chosen, they've made this their little thing. You need to give the guy a chance to explain. Um, as I said, I could jump all over his case about a whole bunch of other stuff before even getting to the thing about Mormonism, but that, you know, give the guy a chance to correct what he was trying to say. So, Let's sum it all up. This episode has come out a little bit longer than I originally planned anyway. Should an independent Baptist watch The Chosen? Update. Should the independent Baptist watch The Chosen? Are you ready for the answer? Because here it is. I can't tell you. And you, you're getting frustrated. You're going to get mad. There, there are some people who are going to be absolutely up in arms about the answer, but it's true. I can't tell you. You're going to have to decide for yourself. It really all depends on how you look at the chosen that makes the difference. And for me, when I look at it, as I've stated over and over again, it's gone beyond a show. But there may be some of you who think it hasn't. And there may be some listeners out there who you watch it in the privacy of your home. You say, Brother Josh, I understand that you know, some people, this is going to lead them to Jonathan Rumian Catholicism, or this is going to lead them to believe this about Jesus, or this is going to lead them to believe that. Brother Josh, I understand that. I watch it at home. There's no nudity. There's no profanity. There's nothing explicitly wrong with the show. I'm just watching it just as a TV show, a, histor- a historical fiction. I'm not believing this is the Bible. I, I know there are things within it that are not biblical. But for me, it's just a TV show. look, you may be able to label it as clean television. And I don't necessarily know that you can disagree with that from it being clean television, right? There's no nudity, no profanity, and none of the things that we clearly look at when we judge our TV. For me, on the flip side, I just can't view it as a show anymore. I think it's become more than that. Maybe you're on the opposite side, and maybe you can kind of clarify that in your mind. I would be careful, though, to those who dislike my answer. 
my answer of I really can't tell you, you have to make that decision for yourself. I'd be careful for those, or to those rather, who don't like that answer. Because there are going to be people, I guarantee you, and you can hit me up on my email, joshua at com, in case you want to let me know you don't like me or you disagree with me. That's fine. There are going to be people who don't like that answer. They don't like that I leave it in the hands of someone where the Scripture is not explicitly clear on what you do with this within your own home. I think if you're sharing it and and causing other people to watch it, I think then we approach an issue where I can kind of hit some Bible verses on that. Maybe you're watching it in your home, the privacy of your home. You know it's not, you know it's not Scripture. Your kids aren't watching. You know, all those different things. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can understand that. And there's going to be people who don't like my answer. But here's, I would be, I would be very careful if you don't like that answer. I'd be very careful if you have a problem with saying that the people have to take the Bible, pray about it, and decide their answer for themselves. I'd be careful because I know a lot of people who have made this their pet issue. They want to go on podcasts about it. They want to make YouTube videos about it. They want to post about it. They want to do this and they want to do that. And they, it's become their pet issue. Like, this is the issue. They focus on this more than they focus on the gospel and, like, sharing the gospel with people. It's just all about the chosen, the chosen, the chosen. You're a bunch of heathens. You watch the chosen. It's become their pet issue. And the problem is that some people would point out that you shouldn't watch the chosen because this, blah, 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 blah. But the problem is, is the truth be told, many of those people, and I'm not saying all of them because I'm not going to whitewash people. But many of those people are hypocrites. You say, how's that so? Because most people that don't watch The Chosen, right? You're like, I don't watch The Chosen because, of, you know, all those problems you listed, Brother Josh, that's, the, that's the, all the problems I won't watch here, right? And they're like, and I condemn anybody who does watch it. If they watch it, they're heathens, they're sinning, they're doing wrong. You should never say to leave it in the hands of other people. Well, here's the problem. You'll go home and you'll watch The Andy Griffith Show, right? You're like, sure, nothing wrong with The Andy Griffith Show, but the arguments you're using to not watch The Chosen are the same arguments someone could make to not watch The Andy Griffith Show. You say, there's nothing wrong with The Andy Griffith Show, really? And by the way, I'm not necessarily saying to not watch The Andy Griffith Show, but I'm saying you have to start comparing things and make sure, making sure you're not being a hypocrite. Make sure you're not being a hypocrite in this area because in The Andy Griffith Show, you've got a known homosexual who plays in the show in Gomer. Gomer's a known homosexual, even during the show. Known homosexual drunkenness is made to look funny instead of sinful and evil. Cross-dressing is made to look funny and not the abomination or something wicked that God calls it in Scripture. The main actor in the show is shown to use smoking as a way to relieve stress. Promiscuity and physical touch before marriage is shown to be normal, funny, something we should desire and emulate. And if you're not careful... You will jump down the throat of someone who watches The Chosen, and they have no clue. They don't see it as a movement. They don't see the teaching aspect of it. They're just watching the show, and for them, that's all it is. It's a TV show. And if you aren't careful on how you approach the subject in meekness and in love, you'll get it flipped right back on you. And be careful that you're not a hypocrite. Be careful you're not making this your pet issue when, truth be told, when you're at home watching TV, whatever you got, and you're not using the same standards to judge it by. That's why Christ warned, judge not, not saying don't judge people, but hang on, judge not that ye be not judged. If you don't want the table flipped back over on you, be careful. And look, in life, there are going to be some convictions that you might have personally that you may not be able to impose on every, other, every single other person. Look, if it's, if it's doctrinal, then you have to make sure there are no... There are no um, if it's a doctrinal thing, right? We're talking about alcohol, right? Nobody should participate in alcohol. We can take a hard stand against that. Um, sex before marriage clearly against the Word of God. We can take a hard stand against that. But things that the Bible isn't explicitly clear on, and by the way, you can't show me a verse in Scripture 
that says you should not watch The Chosen. It's not there. Those are a personal conviction, and you cannot impose your personal convictions on other people, no matter how certain you feel about it. It's still your personal conviction. And that's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 5, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. And again, that's not talking about clear Bible doctrine. It's talking about things that the Bible is relatively, 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 relatively silent on. And we have to make a personal conviction on. So, speaking of Romans 14, I want to use this episode as a springboard for the next episode. We'll be having an episode entitled, I'm not really sure yet, but it's going to be the lo- along the lines of Meet or Not Meet, a study on personal convictions from Romans 14. How do you get along with someone? How do you get along with a fellow church member? How do you get along with someone in your life who has a different personal conviction than you do? How do you get along with them? So, for instance, in this example, what do you do if it's your personal conviction that someone should not watch The Chosen? Like me, for myself. I'm not going to watch it. I don't believe it's right for me. It's a personal conviction. But then I've got another brother or sister in the church who maybe they do watch The Chosen. How do we interact? How do we fellowship? How do we get along without that being a point of of contention. How do we respond to that? How do we fellowship together? How do we make that work? How do we we respond to one another though we disagree? How do we keep the lines of communication open though it may feel like we're at odds? Romans 14 is a very in-depth chapter. I want to take you next episode. We're going to walk through that chapter together. How do I fellowship? How do I keep the friendship of a brother or sister in Christ who maybe we have different personal convictions? How do we be of one mind as God says he wants us to be in Romans chapter number 15? We're going to use the example of watching The Chosen in next week's episode where we're going to springboard into a study of Romans 14. By the way, if you dislike my answer today that I gave as the overall conclusion for should an independent Baptist watch The Chosen. If you dislike that, let me encourage you, before you get mad and upset, listen to the next episode of Romans 14, and then show me where you disagree with the Word of God, and we'll continue talking from there. Again, my email, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, maybe you do after this episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, email me. Again, that email is joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com, joshua at sandycreekstirrings.com. Send me a message on Facebook. We'd love to talk to you. Always love hearing from our listeners. Until next time, my friend, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.